Thanks for tuning in to the audio edition of our Sunday sermons. For more information about Cornerstone, visit cornerstonerome.com. Today we're going to continue with our series. Uh, this is entitled The Story. We're doing this all year, but today we're in breaking it down in different pieces. This series is entitled The Rise and Fall of a Nation. Okay, so um, as we get into this today, we're going to talk about Samuel, First and Second Samuel. And obviously there's so much here that um, uh, you, you could preach six months on this and I could I could break down. I'm going to give you the highlights. I'm going to give you some things that I see that I felt God wanted me to share with you today. And, and mostly it's going to revolve around hearing from God a little bit. Um, so uh, when I share this with you, it'll kind of tie in with tonight even as well. But I don't know how many of you guys have <clears throat> children that like to play hide and seek, or maybe you like to play hide and seek as a kid, but I got one that she's the best hider of all. And <clears throat> my littlest one, she hides and when I say she hides, I mean like it, it gets kind of freaky sometimes. You can't, you know, find her. It's like um, yesterday we were at the end of something and, you know, they got in a big deal and she threw some water on the older ones. And so her thing is like, man, she's afraid she'll get in trouble, so she's hiding. And, you know, we have enough land where about the most concern I get is maybe cattle. That's about all I got to deal with where we're at. I don't really have, it's wildlife, you know. There's not really any trains or planes or boats or, you know, nothing like that. No busy streets. It's livestock, you know. So I'm not really worried, but, you know, after a while, you know, when the sun starts going down and your six-year-old is yet to be found, it, it, your heart kind of, if you've got a kid, you know what I'm talking about, it kind of drops a notch or two. You're like, and then finally you get to a point where you're like, hey, somebody better come out. I bet, you know, and then the other one finds her, you know, and she's like, I'm sorry, I just, I didn't want to get in trouble. That's just what, well, you're not going to get in trouble, but you're about to, you know, I feel like Fred Sanford, you know, it's, it's the big one, you know, it's got me, you know, and that's what I felt like. And it's happened so many times, you know, and it's just like, oh, wow, but it's just, I don't know. But she likes to hide and she's so quiet and you can't find her. And so when we talk about Samuel today, I want you to think about that, about Samuel and how that this Bible, this, this book really in Samuel, how it starts out. It's really covering a transitional time between the judges to the kings. And what, why I'm sharing that with you is Samuel is the final prophet. He's actually a judge, but he's a prophetic judge. He's the final one before the kings are introduced, before you start hearing about Saul and David. And we're going to talk about that. And Samuel, he is a prophetic judge. He's the one that, you know, found and, and anointed the kings. But Samuel, I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures here in Samuel that I want, I want you to hear. If you don't hear anything else today, these three scriptures will help you in, in hearing from God. So, uh, let me read this to you from 1 Samuel. This is chapter 3 and verse 1. Okay? 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. I'll put it on the screen for you. This is uh, from the New Living Translation. <clears throat> it says, Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now, Eli was the priest at the time. Eli was wicked. He, he was a very wicked person. He was a terrible priest or terrible high priest, if you want to call him that. Uh, he was awful. His sons were terrible. They were wicked, wicked people. But he says he was assisting Eli. And now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. So there, the word of the Lord was rare. So th- there wasn't a lot of, God wasn't speaking very much, and the visions of God were very uncommon. Now, when you read about Samuel, go down to verse 7. So first of all, the word of the Lord was rare. Now watch this, verse 7. Here's Samuel. Samuel, this is, in context, if you read this, Samuel is in his bedchambers, and he's hearing someone call out his name, but he doesn't know who it is. He thinks it's Eli. So three times he goes to Eli, and Eli says, it's not me. Eli sends him back to his bed. Verse 7, 
Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So first of all, the message, the word of the Lord is rare. We've got nothing coming from God. God starts speaking to Samuel, but he doesn't understand it's the Lord because he's never had a word from God. And yet the Lord is speaking to him. Verse 10, Eli had enough sense to tell him the next time the Lord calls your name, you answer him. So Samuel says in verse 10, the Lord came and called to him before in verse 10, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel replied, speak for your servant is listening. Those three things, if you don't get anything else I say today, will help you hear from God. It doesn't matter how rare the word of the Lord is. You may have never heard from God once in your life. I'm telling you, if you can just worship God and and acknowledge him, he'll speak. But the key is to listen. Speak, Lord, for your servant. It's a humble heart. It's it's no matter what you ask me to do, God, I'm be willing to do it. I'm, I'm willing to hear. But here's the question I have for you. Why was the word of the Lord so rare and so vision so uncommon in the first place? I mean, this is the high priest, Eli, all these people there. Why, why is God not talking? Why is he quiet? <laughs> why is he quiet sometimes? You ever wondered why the Lord is silent? I don't know if you've ever had a silent season with God, but I've had a few. It ain't fun, especially if you're a pastor. You know, it's kind of like one of the job uh, qualifications is you need to be able to hear from the Lord and kind of do stuff in the church. I don't know. Your job, maybe it's not as big a deal. Like, you can hear from God, but maybe it's not like a re- Mine is on the job description. <laughs> it's a requirement. And when he's quiet, you get nervous. Like, why is he so quiet? Why does he speak? What? What's wrong? Why is God not talking? Well, let me throw up a little screen for you real quick and a little image real quick for you so you can see something here. The context of what has taken place up until this point of what you've read in your Bible. Okay, watch this. So in the Garden of Eden, what happened? Broken relationship. Next, we have Abraham, the covenant of God with Abraham. What happens? They rejected. You remember Saul? I mean, uh, uh, Esau? You remember what happened? Jacob and Esau? Esau sold the birthright off. He disregarded the thing that God promised him. So we have that. You go down next to the, the, the deliverance into the wilderness from Egypt, bondage and slavery. What did they do? They rejected that. You go, they didn't even appreciate the fact they were delivered from Egypt. They wanted to go back to Egypt. Keep going. The law of God. Well, they rejected that. They're like, oh, man, we don't, do we have to do all that stuff, you know? They refused his instruction. In the judges, you remember we talked about this just a few Everybody did what was right in their own eyes, right? And then you see this. You get into the prophetic word. It's a call. Samuel is now trying to call people back to God. But they still refuse. In so much now people have declared, we want a what? A king. So you see why God's a little silent. Because he's offered everything to them that they need. He's tried his best But people, no matter who we are, we continually reject God. And so when now God's silent. And there are seasons of silence that God gives throughout over and over and over again. And Israel continually rejected God and his plans for them together. Let me just say something here before I go further. And um, I can't tell who's in the back, but can I get a little more uh, uh, up here on the platform? Just a little bit more. Thanks, man. So it is foolishness. For us to say this, and I've got friends in, in, in the political realm, so I say this out of dear respect for and, and prayer for people in, pol- in politics and leadership. Good people 
are in politics. Not all are. But it is foolishness. And so I, if it gets out, praise the Lord. I don't care. It is foolishness for us to stand in front of the halls of a Congress and declare and that God would continue to bless America and turn and do opposite everything that he instructs us to do. It is the foolishness of the heart of man that says, God bless us when we refuse to adhere to him. And yet that's where we are today. All I keep hearing is people standing up saying, well, God bless America, God bless America. Yeah, well, why don't you change some of the things you're passing laws on? You want him to bless, but you don't want to do what he says. It looks real cute putting his name on the money. <laughs> but, but we don't trust God. We don't trust in God. We don't. But we say we do because it sounds real good. It appeals to a lot of people. But the reality is Israel did the same thing. They demanded that God would bless them, but they refused his instruction. And they finally got to the point and said, we want a king just like everybody else. And even though God actually prophetically gave them a word and said, you're going to have a king, they, they, they demanded a king. And so this morning I want to share a couple of thoughts with you about this. And we're going to talk about Samuel, Saul, and David. But these three guys, and when you hear this, I'm going to share a couple of things with you about hearing from God. They're very simple but they're very real. And I, I, I'm saying this because I don't want you to bat, get brought into the things that go on around us. But I'm telling you, as a nation, um, if we don't be more like a Samuel and prophetically call our people first, I'm speaking in this room, to those online first, all of us, to God. We need to quit pointing fingers at everybody else. And we ourselves need to come to God. Humble ourselves, let go of things, and ask God, Lord, what are you doing right now in this season? And I'm just, that's just me. I just, that's my thing, but, you know, maybe you might agree or disagree. I don't know, but uh, I don't know about you, but I don't like it when God is silent. I'd like for him to speak and give words and directions and things and clarity in people's lives. So let's talk a little bit about it, all right? If we're going to hear from God, <clears throat> I'm going to give you a couple of thoughts here. Number one, we're going to have to have some patience. So Saul would inquire of the Lord, but in very weird ways. He was a very interesting guy. And it always seemed like he wanted to, when Saul would inquire of God, he he would inquire in a way that would just get something because the people wanted something. Like he didn't inquire of the Lord to hear from God to help people in a sense of what does God want for the people. He inquired of the Lord because the people wanted something from God. Do Do you see what I'm saying? Y'all get what I'm saying, right? He inquired of the Lord because they wanted something. It was something because they wanted to, he was trying to get something for people. Because he's a very insecure guy. And in a sense, it was always just to appease the people. Saul was a very interesting guy. And many times, unfortunately, people sidestep what God wants to do in their life because of what they want in their heart so desperately. And many times you know God's doing something and moving in a direction, but oftentimes we don't allow it to unfold before we jump out and get ahead of him. And so we need to be willing to wait on the Lord. This is what Psalms 27 says, wait for the Lord, be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. So what do we inquire of the Lord for? Instruction. I don't know if you've ever been there before, man, but when you need a word from God, you need some direction. Why do I inquire God? I need to know what to do. 
I feel stuck right now. I feel like I don't know what to do, and I don't want to make a mistake. Now, there's some people who don't care about inquiring of the God. They'll do whatever they want to do, just run right past God, and it doesn't matter because they don't have any desire to please God. But I'm telling you, I think everybody in here pretty much wants to please God. I think if you're watching online right now, I think you want to please God, right? You, you want to inquire of God. Why? Because I need direction. Saul was not like that. He was a very insecure person, and he could not wait at all on God. And, oh, man, there's always pressure, isn't it? People say, I need a decision. I need a decision. But you don't have a decision. Oh, you got to buy a car right now. you got to buy a car right now. But I don't feel at peace what to do. Don't buy the car. Yeah, but there's so much pressure to, to make a decision for my kid's school. I don't know which one. I've got three choices, and one's 20000 one's this, and I don't know what to do. Don't do it if you don't know what to do. But see, we're afraid because if we don't make a decision, people think, well, you're just, you know, you don't make good decisions or you can't hear from God or whatever. That is what Saul did. Fear of man brings a snare and it'll trap you. Don't be afraid to wait if you need to. We inquire of the Lord to get instruction. Number two is this. <clears throat> and sometimes, by the way, it's best just to admit um, God is not in it and avoid it. Like, sometimes you get yourself in a situation, you know? You ever gotten in something you knew? Like, oh, man. Oh, man, wait. Uh-oh. Like, oh, man. Like, oh, man, no, I didn't mean, oh, this is too far now. Like, oh, man, now I'm really in it, and I'm in it bad. And this is going to be embarrassing to have to backtrack and get out of this, but better to get out, save yourself, and return to the Lord than keep plowing ahead and be in disobedience. Right? Can I get amen? amen? I mean, I know it's sunshine outside and them endorphins is kicking in. Whatever you got, some vitamin D is making you all chill. But like, can I get an amen this morning, right? Is that not a true or what? Right? All right, good. I'll make sure. Everybody at home, y'all, y'all click on, say hello or whatever. Everybody here is like, I think the sunshine's messing with y'all or something. All right. So number, number two, you got to have some obedience though. I'm going to read this to you here. And, um, and this is a really important to hear this about scripture, but I'm going to read this to you from 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 13. Um, Saul took matters into his own hands and, and, and stepped into Samuel's robe. Now listen to this. First Samuel chapter 15, verse 13. When Samuel finally found him, Saul greeted him cheerfully. This is after, uh, there was, there was a battle. They were supposed to destroy the Amalekites and they, and, and, you know, Saul, he just again didn't listen to God. He, he, he thought he had a better idea. And he says to Samuel, Hey, may the Lord bless you, friend. I've carried out the Lord's command. And Samuel says, Well, then what's all the bleeding of sheep and goats and the lowing of cattle that I hear? Well, it's true. It's true. It's true. The army spared the best of the sheep, the goats, and cattle, but they're going to sacrifice them later to the Lord your God. You know, come on, you know that was a lie, right? He's trying to play the, you can't mess with a prophet anyway. Those are people you don't play with. They know it anyway. But he said, oh, no, no, we're going to sacrifice them later. We've destroyed everything else. And then Samuel said to Saul, stop. Listen to what the Lord told me last night. What did he tell you? Saul said, can you imagine the conversation? I think it's hilarious. So Samuel said, although you may think little of yourself, there's his problem right there. Are you not the leader of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king of Israel, and the Lord sent you on a mission and told you to go and destroy them completely, the Amalekites. Why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Why did you rush for the plunder and do what was evil in the Lord's sight? Verse 20, but I did obey the Lord, Saul said. I carried out the mission he gave me. I brought back the king, but I destroyed everybody else. 
Then my troops brought in the best of the sheep, the goats, cattle, and plunder to sacrifice to God later in Gilgal. But Samuel replied, What is more pleasing to the Lord? Listen to this. Your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, or your obedience to his voice. Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. And watch this. Submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is bad as worshiping idols. So because you rejected the command of the Lord, he rejected you as king. Then watch this, verse 24. Then Saul admitted to Samuel. So now the truth comes out. Yes, I've sinned. I've disobeyed your instructions and the Lord's command. For I was afraid of the people. And I did what they demanded. But now please forgive my sin and come back with me so I may worship the Lord. I find it very interesting what Saul did. He's so quick to just brush this off. Oh, but please forgive me and come back so I can go worship the Lord. He just wants restoration. Boom, just like that. But here's something I want you to see from this about the thing about obedience. It's, it's not about keeping all the rules. It's really not. Unfortunately, that's what's talked about so many times with following God is obedience. It's all about keeping rules. It's, God, we're not perfect people. There's nobody in here perfect. You're not perfect online. I love you, but you're not perfect. We make mistakes. We have issues following God. But watch this. It is not about perfection. It is about obedience. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard these statements. Well, I know the Bible says, but you don't know my situation. I know the Bible says I ought to, but you don't know what I've been through. Well, I know the Bible, God said this, but you know, that was for those people. That was a different time period. That doesn't really apply to us because, you know, we're in a different era or whatever. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Listen to me. We can come in here and worship all day long and worship God and give Him the praises that is due to Him. If we leave here and make excuses for His Word and say it is not applicable to us, we are doing no more different than Saul. We are saying it only applies when it benefits us. I know it's quiet. Is it quiet at home too? Because it's quiet in here. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like, you know, even with the children, I was like, usually the children be like, hey, man, Pastor Jody, something. Like, it is so quiet. But it's funny how it gets quiet when you talk about this stuff, right? Because it's true. If I make excuses over his word to try to excuse me from following God's word, I didn't say perfection. I didn't say you got to be perfect. I didn't say you got to get it all right. We make mistakes. We make mistakes. But I'm telling you right now the idea that says, I can do whatever I want is not obedience to God. The idea that a husband says, I know I hear what you're saying, Pastor Jody. Okay, fine, whatever. But you don't understand what she's like. No, that's not what the Bible says. He says to love her like Christ loves the church. I don't care if she won't fold your underwear. I don't care if she don't cook you a meal. I don't care if she don't make biscuits like Mama did. You are to love that lady like Jesus Christ loves the church. You lay your life down for her, and I don't want to hear any excuses about it. Yeah, but she's mean. I don't care. You love her anyway. Yeah, how do you think we are to Jesus? How do you think he feels sometimes when he sees us? 
Don't you think we're a little bit mean sometimes, spoiled? Little, yeah, 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 we are. I don't care. Listen, honey, I don't care. Look, that man, listen, he may watch football, sports, ever. He may crash out and he don't lift a finger, whatever. That doesn't, if he's got a job, if he works a job, if he's decent man, he doesn't abuse or anything. The Bible tells you you're supposed to respect the man. Give him honor. You're not supposed to talk about him with your little friends. And destroy your marriage by talking about him around your little friends. Look, gossip session about your husband. This, that's the truth. That's Bible. But see, that's called obedience. Obedience is greater than sacrifice. You come in here and cry all you want to. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I love you. I love you. Oh, Jesus. Just, just get all crazy. Cry everywhere. Mess in the floor. We clean you all up. But I'm telling you, you walk out of here, if you don't respect him, if you don't love her, that don't mean a thing. That's just a bunch of makeup on the floor. It don't mean squat. Obedience is greater than sacrifice. Oh, but I've given, I've given so much to help the kingdom. I've done all these different things. Yeah, you know what? Jesus said, you can give it all away if you want to. It don't matter if you give it all. But if I have not loved, what does it profit? Anything. Last thing this morning I want to share. This is brief. Just one minute here. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, there's this thing called repentance. Now, this is a word that's almost considered PG-13 in Christianity. We don't want to talk about it. But to inquire of the Lord is more than just asking for what we want and seeking an answer from God. It's also repentance. <clears throat> So 1 John 5, 14, I'm going to read this to you, and then I'm going to pray for you. Listen to this. This is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us. So first of all, if I ask God for something, he's going to hear me. That's what the Bible says. You can pray and trust that God will hear you when you pray. So that's a fact. But watch what's next. And we know that if he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request with which we've asked from him. Verse 16, now watch though. But if anyone sees his brother commit a sin not leading to death, he shall ask God, he shall ask and God will give him, or ask, and God will for him give life to those who commit sin not leading to death. There is a sin leading to death. I do not say that he should make requests for this. When you go before the Lord and you ask God, you need help. If there's a picture of somebody that comes up before your face, And they've somebody that's hurt you, they've offended you, you're mad at them. I, it doesn't matter what it is. If they pop, isn't it funny how you go before God and ask God for something, here comes this yo-yo. What, why, why am I thinking about them? Lord, I'm just, I need, I need, God, I need your help. Here they come again. Why do I keep thinking about that person? That goofball. You know, the idiot. People hurt me, I don't know. Lord, I need your help. And here they come. You know, y'all, has this ever happened to you? Yeah, it does, because that's God. You know what he's saying? I want to help you, but I need you to let go of this first. And here's the thing that we overlook, and, and please hear me carefully. People who have abused people, betrayed people, and hurt people in real painful ways... To forgive does not mean you have to be their friend again. It doesn't mean you have to let them in your house. It doesn't mean you have to go have coffee with them. It simply means you're going to turn them over to God. 
Release them in Jesus' name. Turn them over in the hands of a just God. Because vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Don't think God, people don't get off. But you got to let it go. Because it's hindering you hearing from God. God wants to talk to you. He wants to share things with you. He wants to speak to you. Those of you at home right now, he wants to give you some insight with your children, with your family, some next steps. But he can't because you got this person that you're holding on to that hurt you, that, a, that, that did you wrong, and you won't let him go. And he's saying, man, I'm trying to help you, but I can't because you've got this in between you and I. I need you to let them go. So this morning, I want to do that for you. I want to pray for you. I want you to do it right now. I didn't say you had to let them back in your house. I didn't say you got to hang out with them. Pastor Jody didn't say that. I don't believe in this really weird Christian stuff about forgiveness and like, you know, you're supposed to just let everybody back in your life. They stole $50,000 from you and, you know, you can give them your bank account next because you forgave them. That's stupid. That's not Bible. That's stupidity. You don't let an abuser back in the house. You make that, that Repentance means you prove out time period this stuff works. But forgiveness is release. You give it to God. So right now, right where you are, don't you close your eyes and bow your heads. Those of you at home right now, close your eyes and bow your head. We're going to pray for you right now. You, you're here in this room and maybe at home watching right now. You say, man, I'm trying to hear from God, Pastor Jody, and I, I really need a word from the Lord. I need some direction from God. I'm confused. This last year has been so confusing for me. I don't understand what God's doing in our nation. I don't understand what God's doing around the world. I don't understand why all this stuff keeps happening. More than that, as an individual, I, I can't hear from God. I, I'm struggling. It might be, it's possible that it might be there's something between you and the Lord that's hindering that, that him speaking. And if it is right now, we're, gonna, we're just going to release that. In this room at home right now, right where you are, as we pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you today, Lord, and we ask you to speak to us. God, if there's any offense or any will towards people, if there's anything in our lives, Lord, the people have hurt us, betrayed us, done us wrong, God, people in business, relationships, spouse, family member, no matter what it is, Lord. I just sense in my heart, God, there's people that they're holding on to things that they need to let go of. And Lord, there's some in here, they're afraid to let it go because they're afraid if they let go of it that justice won't be served. And God, we already know sometimes justice isn't served in this lifetime. Sometimes it seems like people get away with things, but regardless of what happens to the person, That's not our job. Our job is to turn to you. And so, Lord, in a heart of repentance right now, God, if there's anybody that pops up in our minds, a person that comes to our heart, a face that we see, an attitude, a motive that we're still holding on to, in the name of Jesus right now, in this just sweet spirit of forgiveness and repentance, Lord, we give that to you right now. There's some of you in here in this room right now just to be able to breathe again. You, you just feel just overwhelmed. You feel almost choked spiritually because of this. And it's not to overlook the pain or the hurt, but I'm telling you right now, you have got to let this go. And so right now, here's your opportunity. How do you do that? You just in your heart, as I'm praying for you, You just say in your heart to Jesus, God, I give you this issue, this person, whatever. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we surrender this to you right now. 
because your word tells us that obedience is better than sacrifice and God it is not ours to hold on to it is uh, our job to forgive and to turn we put this into your hands today in the name of Jesus and we will no longer pick it up again and we ask you Lord to give a breath of fresh air in this room to people's lives spiritually I ask you Lord to fill their lungs Lord spiritually not just physically but spiritually with just a fresh air again God, they can breathe again and just let go of this stuff. Move forward today in a beautiful day with you. And I pray if there's anybody here that doesn't know you today, I pray in the name of Jesus that they would come to you. Just while your eyes are closed, no one's looking around right now. Before we go, you say, Pastor Jody, I don't know if I know Jesus Christ. I'm not sure that I'm saved. I don't know that I've ever received Jesus. Maybe you're watching online right now as well. You say, you know, I'm listening to what you're saying and Boy, it's really hard to forgive people. Well, it might be hard to forgive people, but it might be because you yourself have not yet been forgiven. The Lord Jesus came to forgive, to forgive us of our sins, to set us back in relationship with God. And if you've never prayed that prayer, I want to lead you in that prayer right now. The church is going to pray together with you. You won't be by yourself, but online as well. If you need to pray this prayer. You just pray this out loud with us together right now. Just say, Dear Jesus, I come to you today. And I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you my soul. I turn to you. And I ask you to be my Lord and to be my Savior. Dear Jesus, I receive you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Man, if you prayed that prayer, we're so proud of you, right, church? Would you give me a hand right now? So, so proud of you right now. Man, so, so excited for you. Listen, if you prayed that prayer in this room or watching online, either way, connect.cornerstonerom.com. There's a little link right there on your, on your screens or in this room. You can do the same. We want to help you get started walking with Christ. And that maybe in this time period right now, we're talking about forgiveness and repentance. And maybe you need to take another step with that. You did it today, but you're saying, man, I, I, I might need a little further discussion about that. One of our pastors would be glad to help you. If you just fill that out, let us know. We'd pray with you. We'd love to help you get started in that area as well. Before you go, we always like to speak this over our church before you leave today. And I pray that this um, this little message today, I hope, helped you think a little bit about hearing from God. Uh, because I think you're going to need to hear from God a little bit more in the next coming months. I think God wants to say some things. But tonight, don't forget, worship night, 6, six o'clock. Okay? So be here online as well at 6 o'clock. We will be live streaming and, and communicating as well. We're going to share a couple of things. Uh, some of you might, maybe a couple of words for some of you guys. We'll see um, what the Lord wants to say. But if you need to hear from God tonight, you, you need to be here for this or log on and watch as well. In Numbers chapter 6, verse 24, before we leave today, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Man, God bless you guys. We'll see you tonight. You're dismissed. We hope you were blessed by today's message. If so, feel free to pay it forward and share this podcast with someone else. Thanks for listening.